right, Marty Ray, don't be so Marty Ray. Start this thing off. I'm with you. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from, where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's an MMA legend. A UFC pioneer and champion that won his belt from George St. Pierre. One of St. Pierre's only two losses. He's a UFC Hall of Famer. Well deserved, in my opinion. One of the hosts of the UFC Unfiltered podcast and a co-star of Looking for a Fight with Dana White. And he used to eat a lot of pizza, just like me, and I don't think he does anymore. That makes me a little sad. It's the legend, Matt the Terror. Sarah, my buddy. How you doing? Marty Ray, so nice to see you. No what's really no what really sad is these fing headphones. It ruins that whole intro. Yeah, <laughs> after after I did that intro and they see you now, That's they're like Am I frozen? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. I, I, this is my this is my <laughs> you asked for headphones. This, this is the deal. Okay, let me explain to the audience. They want to know what's going Disclaimer. on. Disclaimer. We I don't know how do we become how do we become friendly again? We became friendly through what? The uh, Instagram? How do, we become, how do we become friends here, Marty Wright? I saw you at a pizza shop and you bit my ear off. And I oh, said, no, that's, not, that's a different. That's, <laughs> oh, you're, you're, cool. you're coming in hot. Yeah, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. Let it, oh just let God, it sink in a little that. bit. Don't just like come no. in like that, man. <laughs> let no, me, you. Uh, let me explain. Well, listen, we got friendly through the fighting. Go ahead. I follow you. I followed you on Instagram for a long time, and then I don't know exact. I can't remember place the exact moment where you started following me. But I would always comment on your. It's probably because I would comment on your post, but because as a fan, and you seen at one point you seen one and seen that blue check mark, and you's like, I think this guy might. I need to see at least see who this big bearded fat guy is. See what's up, and you clicked over yeah. there and and followed me. Now I don't know. What happened after that? But uh, after we we ended up seeing each other in uh, New York at uh, Derek Lewis's championship fight. That's right. Yep, you were wore out. That's right. And then uh, I was on your show. Yeah, that's right. And then you were on my show. Then you were on UFC Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you asked me to come on, it was uh, obviously I said no problem, man. I love the the BS with you. I thought now this is what this is why I started this off. I thought this was going to be a Zoom call. Now, look, it's not a big deal, but that's how I got my stuff set up. So I, I'm, in, I'm on my, my phone. You asked for headphones. I think I got my daughter's headphones. It looks so like it's look your daughter's headphones. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. It's, it looks uh, like it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. <laughs> you I'm ain't bothering nobody. Whatever. You're not losing your man card. Exactly. If, if anybody's not going to lose their man card, yeah. it's Matt Sarah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm keeping my man card. Yeah. I could play video games all day long at 46 years old, and I could uh, be a silly man. But I listen, 
I could still rip the arm off a 20-year-old if I had to. I believe it. Well, yeah. What? I believe it 100%. We start every show. Have Listen, you, yeah. let's do it. We're going to do a fast yeah. five. What we do at the beginning of every show, we, we ask you five quick questions, and we want five quick answers. You ready? Okay. All right. As quick as you could be. Like I mean, you know, most people ain't very fast. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. It don't matter as long as as long as it's entertaining. All right, just let's let's see let's see what you got. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. Favorite pizza place in New York. Phil's Pizzeria. Phil's. Yeah. It, listen, it's a hometown one. They got the best drunken Sicilian like pizza. Now, what is it's that? Like a, a Sicilian slice. You know who I took there? You could actually. Be related to the guy with your big beard. It's like, you know Action Bronson. Yeah, I know who that is. Have you heard of Action Bronson? I know who that is. Oh, he's great. He's from Queens. Rapper. He's a rapper. Yeah, rapper, and he's got a big beard. But yeah, hey, I'll tell you, he got in really good shape recently. He's training my buddy Dave, and he got he's getting jacked. I'm gonna get. I did a show called That's Delicious. Part of my French, everybody. <laughs> F That's Delicious. Let's clean it up for the audience. You guys are good Southern boys. I don't want to come oh, on yeah. Yeah, they, they already look bad about the New Yorkers. They think that, that we're rude. I'm not. It's sometimes just an F will fly out of your mouth, but it's not, it's not meant with bad intentions. So listen, it's called F That's Delicious. And uh, I was on his show, and, and he wanted the premises. He tries, like, new places to eat, and then he does an activity. So I taught him a jiu-jitsu lesson, him and his buddy. And then we went over to Phil's, and we had some drunken Sicilian, which is an alavaca slice. Ooh. An so olivaca slice. What the heck is olivaca? Yeah. Well, like, like you know, you get like penne olivaca, like olivaca sauce. I have no clue what you're talking about. Give you an education. Yeah, I, we're going to talk about that in the, like, in the DMs well, or something. About pasta. Like, yeah, you know, listen, you know what tomato sauce is, right? Of course. All right, then it's an olivaca sauce. What is olivaca, though? Google. You got to <laughs> Google that. <laughs> is it Alfredo sauce? I mean, I gotta, what is it? No, it's not. It's Give me a for instance. Sauce. What is it? What does it look like? What is it? It's like a it's like a pink sauce. Pink. Oh, it's so good. Oh, that sounds. Try it. Hey, it I'll try it. I'll try anything on pizza. Yes. Worst job you ever had? I didn't know we'd be getting so deep into this. Yeah, we're getting deep in here. <laughs> oh yeah, but I love it. You know what's funny though? I'll tell you right now, Marty Ray. I lately, to be honest with you, because you said I'm not eating pizza, I'm eating pizza. Now this is going to sound crazy to you guys. Cauliflower pizza, and you're talking to a guy that doesn't eat vegetables. <laughs> I don't eat cauliflower, but I eat cauliflower pizza. It's like a thin crust pizza. It doesn't even taste like cauliflower. Oh it's yeah, fun. it gives you the pizza fix, and you know, and I get that with our lavaca sauce too. That's Ew. damn right, I do. Ew. Good. <laughs> That's nasty. sauce is. Why would you? Why no, would you not, say you? Not olivaca to the cauliflower oh. crust oh, yeah. pizza. Oh, I've had cauliflower Listen. crust pizza. It's good, man. The, uh, you get it. Well, somebody knows this, what Marty they're Ray, doing. It's great, Marty. Nah, listen. You can get that. Even I'm telling you, it tastes like a thin. If you gave me some cauliflower to eat, I will throw it on the floor and step on it like a bad kid. I'm not eating it. Cauliflower. I like cauliflower pizza though. Try it. I'll try it with you whenever I'm with you someday. Trust me. <laughs> Definitely. No, Phil's does a great one. What's but the go ahead. I know you said this is a quick answer thing. I just gave a forty-five minute answer. <laughs> yeah, that was a record. Uh, what was? What's the worst <laughs> yeah, job you ever shit. had? I'm gonna, well, I had a couple of really bad ones. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this: the the, the, uh, the midnight shift, the uh, the graveyard, the uh, the midnight to 
eight in the morning security guard job. It was like an S, I was in front of an SD Lauder and the, and I was in like a kind of a phone booth. And uh, that's why I'll always forever be grateful and uh, and loyal to Master Henzo Gracie because he took me out of it. Because I used to, I think I said it, uh, you know, a thousand times in interviews where, you know, I Henzo saw me tired training. So I'd be in the city in Manhattan, which is like 50, 50 minute train ride, 55 minute, whatever, from Long Island. So I would do a midnight to eight in the morning shift on this SD Lauder job with a crappy uh, clip on tie. And I'm, I'm just sitting in a little phone booth all night. I can't even stretch out. It was horrible. And it just sucked. But, uh, you know, and then I'd sleep a little bit. It's hard to be up all night. It kind of messes with you. Because you can't just, I, I couldn't just sleep straight through. So I kind of sleep like a little during the day, jump on the train, train with Enzo, go back right to that booth. So Enzo took me out of that booth and just took me under his wing. And now I'm on the, the Marty Ray project. Look at me. Look at you now. Man. You've made it. Yeah, no, <laughs> you finally made it. Finally buddy. Again, made it. And again, you know what's funny about your, your quick five? Yeah. It's going to be the 45-minute five right now. Yeah, this is going to be the longest five ever I can tell already. I'm loving yeah. it, though. What do you collect, yeah. if anything? Collect? Yeah, like memorabilia, you know, really, anything. No, no, nothing. nothing. You don't nothing collect anything. I don't watch old any belts, kind of sports. Old nothing. Like MMA? Nah. Nothing. Nothing. Well. Collect? I'm, no. I mean, I had like, like if you say a comic book collection, it, I don't, you, I'm not going to have anything that's going to be, I'm selling. I used to read comic books, but, uh, and I, and, and now my kids are into that, so I like that, but. It's not a, it's not like I don't collect old cars and models. I don't old trains. I'm not that guy. Sport, I don't watch any sports. Sports uh, memorabilia and that nah, that's not me. I don't watch anything with a ball. I'm kind of boring like that. Yeah. I watch fights like a mother jumper though. I know you watch <laughs> fights. Uh your biggest fear. Yeah. Biggest fear. Obviously the biggest fear is something happening to your kids, you know? Mm, yeah. That's the biggest fear. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. You how many children you have? Three. Three girls? Three three girls, yep. I have two girls. Yeah, there you go. Most they do that they do that to us outfits on purpose. Because <laughs> they know we're gonna but they know. They well, know that we're, we're pit bulls. Well you're an alpha. I'm a I'm a uh, omega. Um whatever that means. <laughs> Together we're alpha and omega. <laughs> yeah, we're the beginning and the end, buddy. Hey, you, you're the beginning of whatever man wants to be. I'm the end of what they don't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> Most expensive thing you've ever bought besides a house? Oh, I don't. I don't even. Couldn't even tell you. I don't spend any money really like that. Man, I'm not. A, I'm dude. I'm not a. I just bought. I, I'm not like. I, I couldn't even tell you. I'm not oh. like a, a bling bling type of guy. Like, I don't even know. Matt, look at them headphones. You're telling us you're not a bling bling type of guy. Look at those headphones. You know what's funny with these? I think these are like five below headphones. You know what five below is? I know exactly what it is. Now, it's the stores it's, that's everything is five dollars or below. It used that's to be five dollars. Now they're raising it. Now there's ten dollar items in there, and it's I'm like your yeah, name's your line. They're up. getting above the raise. Yeah, you know, I had these in my car for some reason. In your but, rental uh, car. Funny. Go ahead. All right, here we go. We're going with it. That was that was it. You you threw it. You got through it. In, in 14 minutes, you got through the fast. Oh, that was fun. Wasn't that good? That was fun. I had a good time. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I want to get some yeah. avocado pizza now and uh, 
Was it avocado? What was it called? Alvachado? Cauliflower pizza. Cauliflower. No, the other the other thing, the Sicilian. Oh, av- you're th- I'm talking about the alavaca sauce. Alavaca. Yeah. For pasta. So listen, like I said on your show, on your show, your podcast, on UFC Unfiltered, you've always been one of my favorite fighters from square one. You were one of the original. If I'm not mistaken, you were fighting in the beginning of UFC. Is that true? That's right, ain't it? I fought at UFC 31 was my first fight. It was 2001, and it was the second time. It was the second time, the second event under the Zufa banner, which was Dana White and the Petita brothers, Frank and Lorenzo. I see. Yeah, so you were already under Dana when you started. Yes, yes, I met Dana. My first time, I remember really having a conversation with Dana like a one-on-one conversation. And this is why, listen, me and Dana are tight. And it's kind of strange because he's not tight with a lot of fighters. It's just, I, he really, I, I don't think he is like that, like like that. Like, I feel close with Dana. The first time I had a, because Dana's a real guy. And let me tell you, the first time I remember having a one-on-one talk with him was I was on a stretcher getting put out. They were taking me out of the Taj Mahal, Trump Taj Mahal, after my debut, and I had a, a bat. Listen, I was green in the game. I was new. I, I never. I didn't have experience. I lacked experience. My first, my my debut in two thousand and one was like a month and a half or so or less after my my stint over in Abu Dhabi, which is a submission tournament for your listeners that don't know, like a world, like a, a recognized um, uh, submission tournament called ADCC, the Abu Dhabi. Uh, you know, championship over in the Middle East, and I did very well over there. So my jiu-jitsu was on point. I didn't really have the the the, 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 the hours clocked in with the sparring and stuff, which came over time. I would just kind of scrap standing up and jump to arm locks, and you know what I mean? Like, I was nutty with jiu-jitsu. And I ended up losing that fight and getting, I'm sure you saw the back fist by Shoney Carter oh, in yeah. the first fight, which was like a highlight reel. Yeah, that's how I broke onto the scene, like a highlight reel, getting knocked out. Because at that point, Nobody ever got knocked out with a spring back fist in the UFC. So I had the honor of that, you know? You hated so, that, didn't you? Oh, I didn't at the time? No, I loved it, Marty. You Ray. still hate it. No, like, no, I'm saying you still hate it. Like, yeah. Oh, no. No, not at all. I don't give a shit. You don't care now at all? I, it, it, listen, it's, a, it's all about the journey. Oh, no, no, no. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. Um, that, so with that fight, I, back to when I first remember talking to Dana White is I was on a stretcher getting laid out. I, they, take, they took me out on a stretcher and he stopped me. He stopped the stretcher before it was going. And I remember him shaking my hand and telling me what an awesome fight that was. He's having me back. And hey, that was that was a great, he was, he kept, he couldn't like say enough. He couldn't like how much he, like he admired that. He enjoyed the fight. And, right. he, and he liked it. And it was, it was a, it was a good fight. You know, I lost in 15 seconds left. These guys would go in there and lose in 15 seconds. You know what I mean? I got to sh- never show what they had. I got to show, you know, that 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 fight helped get me on the scene as, as up until that point, not to brag, buddy, right? But now you'll see it like an everyday occurrence. But up until that point in the UFC, the jiu-jitsu was more with Hoist Gracie kind of being more laid back. And even though, like, like as it went on, like, Hensel Gracie, my instructor, had a very aggressive style of jiu-jitsu, and 
you know, I was going for things, man. I was going for leg locks before they were cool. I was using it to get on top. I was, I was showing a lot of cool shit with the jujitsu. And, uh, you know, it was, again, before that fight with Shoney Carter, you asked if it bothers me to this day. Uh-huh. Not at the least, for several reasons. One, the one reason is I ended up getting redemption. I right. Mean, in, this, in the rematch. In tough. I broke my hand on his face and, and just... Was that in tough? That was in tough, wasn't it? That was on the Ultimate Fighter, yes. Right. That was on, uh, the, the, the fourth the, the, one. The comeback, yeah. It's all about the journey. Let me tell you, it, it there was such a great that, that right there just it was such redemption for me because again, not only did I have to deal with making my debut losing to a technique that nobody ever lost to, everybody was questioning the, the great Ray Longo. It tested a lot of things. It it, it 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 challenged me in a lot of ways outside of the cage, and I'm happy with my decisions. You know how many people told me to get away? And I'll say this now because he brought me to a championship and he's got champions underneath him. And and uh, I believe in, in, a, in a couple of months, another one with Aljamain Sterling. And I'm talking about the great Ray Longo. You know how many people, when things go right, everything's great. When when there's some rough waters or stuff, something does not go your way, you'll see um what really, what people, their true character. 100%. You don't yeah. see it when things are great. You don't see it when things are great. You see it when it's the fan and you get taken back by certain people's like reactions, responses, things that come out of their mouth and you're like, really? You? Like, you get like that type of thing. Like, you get disappointed in people. And there's certain people that you love more after that. So I remember, like, after that thing with Shoney Carter, people would tell me left and right to get away from Ray Longo. My striking coach must suck because I got knocked out with a spinning back fist, you know. Um, it wasn't his fault at all. I mean, obviously, I showed. But if I was a weak-minded individual and said, you know what, all right, you know, I'll try. I'll, you know, you listen to people. No, I knew Ray knew what he did. I didn't clock the time in the sparring. I kind of jumped at the opportunity to get in there. And I was concentrating on so I was living on the mats with jiu-jitsu. And, and it, was, it was just such a... Like Longo, I knew he had, you know, I knew what he was, what he was about. So at the sign of when shit gets a little, and up until that point, I was eight nowhere. Here in Long Island, they used to have to sneak me on like kickboxing cards because it wasn't legal to fight. So they have like an exhibition match, but it was a fight. So I mean, I don't care if you just count my UFC career as my whole record, but I had like like eight fights. Seven around in here in Long Island at the Vanderbilt, and one in um, one in uh, the Copacabana, the famous Copacabana in Manhattan, which was cool, you know. Uh, I got a, so I got subs everything in the first round, you know. And I fought some tough guys, but they weren't that, the best guy. I mean, a couple one jujitsu guy was like purple level. One one grappler, this, this guy, his actually name was Kamzat. It was you actually looked that up. Frank Shavik was in the commentary. And it was a fun fight because he was a judo sambo player. So we got the grapple, literally he wizard me into some nice stuff. And uh, it was on ESPN, the sport uh, plus, uh, two or something. But anyway, I got some like some nice little fights, but I never got out of the first round. So the experience I gained in that, and then to come back and have to fight Eve Edwards in my second fight, a more dangerous striker, and to overcome that and get that W, it just it's all part of the journey, man. That nothing like that ever keeps me up at night. Were you still with Ray when you fought George St. Pierre and knocked him out? 
I was with, I was never not with Ray. Ray was maybe not in my corner like maybe once. Well, you kind of proved him right in his uh, striking ability of teaching yeah. teaching ability when you knocked George St. Pierre out, which was the upset of the decade. That was a uh, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, that was a good day in the That's office, your biggest. You that's know? your biggest. Um, that has to be your biggest yeah. moment, right? It's tied with my Frank Trigg knockout. That one. Yeah, no. I just like mentioning that because I like that I knocked out Frank Trigg. But uh, no, no, no. Uh, Frank, Frank. You know, <laughs> I just saw this. Hold on, real quick, real quick. You mentioned Frank Trigg. I want to ask you: Did yeah. you hear the story about Frank Trigg and Bruce Buffer fighting in the elevator? Hundred percent. Yeah, I knew about that from Dana. I knew about that from Bruce. He chopped yeah. him in the neck. True story. That's What's crazy. That? Bruce, he, he, he yeah, chopped him he in the neck. To like dis- Listen, he's a bit of a bully. He's always been like that bully type guy. Trey, you know? Well, I'm glad you and, knocked and him I out too. Then. And then he, What's that? Yeah, yeah. So he tried to like just kind of like punk Buffer and then Buffer wasn't having it. Bruce Buffer's tough. Bruce Buffer's not a bully at all. Yeah. You know, he'll, he's not going to get punked, you know? Yeah, he, he everybody, everybody loves Bruce. Bruce. Bruce is a good man. I love him too. And a great announcer. What do you think yeah. about Khabib, man? I love Khabib. I think... Uh, I mean about him retiring. I think he's amazing. I think that his fight with Justin Gaethje was just... Just perfection, man. Just so good. And it's, I think it's better that he took a couple kicks. Because it shows you just... He was he was going to go through anything to get his hands on him. Are you He was going to go through hell just to get it. And he didn't have to. He, he went through and he almost made it look easy. But the way, just the fact when he mounts him... That he's going for, he went for that arm, and then he mounts him. He goes for a triangle, and then like that's that's a, that's extreme confidence for people that are like, listen, could he keep him down? Not only can he keep him down, he's just going to start throwing subs at him. That's just it's just not it's unusual. It's, it's 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 just it's 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 just a beautiful thing to watch. I I'm going to miss watching him fight, but. Uh, you know, I think he's a an amazing fighter, and I think he's a, an amazing. I think he's a great human being. You can see that, you know, and I and I, I think his, his his respect and his uh and his relationship with his father and stuff is just a beautiful thing. I think he's a great guy. I'm a big fan. Big fan. I am. Uh, I was rooting against him against Justin, and I always root against the undefeated. I think everybody should lose once, and I don't. I don't like it when somebody retires undefeated. <laughs> Not even Rocky Marciano. Uh, well, I, 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 not that yeah. I was alive then, but I wish he would have lost one. I want Floyd Mayweather to lose one. You know, I don't like John yeah. Jones. I want. Well, these... Why are you sipping that haterade, Marty Ray? Why are you sipping that haterade? No, it's about it's about it's about being humbled. See, everybody needs that. Nobody needs to think that they're untouchable. Nobody. Yeah, but but, he, but but the difference is this: Habib is humble. If if Habib was a different type of person. I would be also like that. I mean, I need a loss. You that's I very rarely. I am an under. I listen. I trust me. As if anybody's rooting for the underdog, it's me. I know what it's like when everyone this, when the odds are against you and everybody thinks you're marching to your death. <laughs> I know what it's like when you say that you're fighting and people look at you like, oh, well, all right, I'm sure you'll do good. And they think that you're gonna die. I know what that's like, and I respect the underdog, and I always root for him. But I don't know. I hold Habib just handled. He carries it the right way. He, you know, he doesn't abuse his power. He's, he's good to the people around him. and he's, he, he carries himself the right way. What do you he think about it? He doesn't act all cocky. He doesn't act like an idiot. You know what I mean? Well, he I mean, like you say he don't act cocky. I think it's more, I think he's more passive cocky. Like, instead of, he's, he's 
Uh, he, he got in the ring and he said, after the fight, he said, uh, Dana has to make me the best pound for pound by, uh, fighter. Well, you, you, that's not humble. That's saying like that's his, but, but he should, but that's no. Listen, you is, you don't exalt yourself you that. You, no, I, yeah, but when you, when you do what he did, you deserve it. You might like, deserve you, it, people, but you don't say. I don't, it. Listen, I listen. I I don't watch. Uh, I told you I don't watch like sports, but I did watch. You ever see the last dance with Michael Jordan? Oh yeah, that documentary. Yeah, it was great. That's a great documentary. I loved. I I enjoyed that. I, and I like I said. I don't even like watch sports. People had a problem with him. Oh, look at him. Yeah, me too. This and that. dude, I don't, I had no, I had no problem with him. What was the problem? The guy wanted to be a winner. The guy, but he wasn't. I think it was the way. Was, well, he, Michael he Jordan did not was. Ask any, yeah, he was I, not I humble. No with the guy that's at what all. you think. <laughs> no, I but but I don't know. I think he was a winner. No question about thing. it. Yeah, but he's only. I don't know. I watching that documentary. I didn't look at that and go, "This son of a gun." This. No, nah, I didn't see that. I didn't say that at all. He punched yeah. or he punched a rookie because uh, I forgot what exactly the story was in that documentary, but there was a, a like something was going on because the rookie wasn't trying hard enough, and um, actually wait a minute it was uh, Steve Kerr it wasn't a, it was he was a rookie at the time you don't know who Steve Kerr is maybe but anyway Steve Kerr was, I seen the show I remember yeah. anyway he punched he punched a, a, a guy that was a rookie because he didn't think he was pushing hard enough. And uh, yeah. I just, I just yeah, that just that's stupid. They made, they made that right. Yeah, I'm sure they, but they made that right, didn't they? Like at the time, did they make that right? No, you know I mean I they're mean? friends now, and but they, I'm what, just saying yeah, in the in the minute when you're in the yeah when you're in the heat of battle, and that's what he looked at it like. You're gonna make some decisions, you know. Well, you're a but, fighter, so yeah. you're gonna look at it that way. But most they, in basketball, yeah. they're, they're I'm not, not fighting. I'm not about. I'm not a animal. I've seen you in restaurants. Yeah, you're gonna look at it like you just punch him in the face. I've seen you. I've <laughs> seen you, Marty, right? I've seen you tackle people in restaurants that are drunk. So I know exactly who you yeah. are. <laughs> Which yeah, was actually, I, was, I wasn't drunk. No, I know you weren't. That that was actually a very very calm moment. You you should. Did you see that? No, I didn't. It was very cool, Matt. Uh, there was this guy. He was a belligerent drunk, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever that Matt goes over there. The thing. The the clip went. Super viral or something on Instagram, and he goes yeah, over that there. Was, that was that. Yeah, that was good. He goes over there and just takes the guy to the ground, and he's just sitting there. And the guy's like, "Get off me! I'm gonna kill you!" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> all right, calm down." And then the cops come over, and they start acting like you were yeah. the bad guy, right? Well, no, it was. I mean, listen, it was at the Red Rock Casino, owned by the Fatita Brothers. You know, I love that place. Because I go there with my family. They had like a movie theater, bowling alley. It's like a little resort, you know? It's a cool It's place. not on the strip. It's away. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because it was the 4th of July. And it was a couple of years ago. And I was going to be going into the Hall of Fame the very next day. So I'm at, so, you know, my wife was like, oh, do you want to um, take the kids? And, and, and yeah, I had family there for this, for, that, for the uh, induction, you know? Uh, do you want to go to like the, the, the strip and watch the fireworks? I go... And stuff like that, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not into it. There's going to be a bunch of drunks down there. I don't want to be, let's just have a nice night before the introduction, buff some food and whatever. So we went to a cafe, the little, you know, the cafe there. Me, my wife, my three kids, my sister and her kid. who was like 20 at the time. And that drunk, that, I mean, that, that drunk was, him and his wife, come, girlfriend, whatever it was, come in. 
<laughs> it was, have you seen the movie Weekend at Bernie's? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she was like, he like put a hat on her and she was like falling over. She was on the other <laughs> side. They were in a booth. She was like, so anyway, she ended up like conking over and he left. And then yeah, for a while, you know, and then he came back and he came back even more. She was sleeping on that side. And he was like calling for the waiters, throwing things at him with him going by. He was a mess. And I saw where this was going, you know. And so I, I tell him, I go, listen, let's get the check. Let's get the hell out of here, you know. And as my little petite waiter, he was a small dude, you know, a little Chinese guy, nice guy. And he was coming with the check in hand. The dude got up and got in his face. So Marty Ray, the second I stood up, he directed it to me. And now this is, this is why, I'm, listen, I am very happy this happened, to be honest with you, in hindsight. Because this, this, it went as viral as things get. Dana, Dana goes, look, things can get viral, as viral. Nothing's getting more, I mean, like, as more viral, viral, viral than this. It was like 15 million. It was like TMZ. It was on TMZ. Right. You know, you type in Matt Sarah versus drunk on the YouTube and it'll come up, you know? So, you know, and it's a good display and a good advertisement for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Because I'll tell you what, guys, and I'm not saying it like a tough guy. I might not, I'm not really that tall. I'm five, six, but I don't look like a win. Okay. I don't. And I don't, so for this guy, about to attack me in front of my wife and kids. He didn't care that my wife and small children were there. I would have right. been embarrassed. They would have been scarred seeing their dad on the floor. Imagine this. If, if I did not know jujitsu, And my, why I bring that up is I gave him basically a jiu-jitsu lesson. He took his shirt off. I got him around the waist, took him down, controlled him. And then I told my sister, when I took him down, the whole place starts clapping. So then the video starts with me mounted on him because I tell my sister film this. Now, I'm not doing it for bragging rights. It's a, it's a drunk, Protection. drunk white yeah. belt. You know, you right, know exactly. So, yeah. it's not a big deal, but if you when you watch this video, if you want it, Matt Sarah BJJ on my Instagram, it's right there, or Matt Sarah vs. Drunk, put that on uh, YouTube. When you watch this video, the second when I'm mounted on him, he's still yelling at me. I'm going to F you up. I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to I'm telling him to chill out. I'm, I'm not getting off. I'm, he's, I'm, he's not going to get me off mount. I keep professionals down. I keep 300 pounds guys who know how to get out down. He's like, you know, I've been doing it for half my life. So it's, you see the calmness of somebody that has that power of jujitsu just controlling this idiot. And the second the security, and it was security guy that came over and he goes, oh, you're controlling him? You're, he's like, you're, you're restraining him? He goes, all right, all right, all right, you know, get off him. I'm like, I asked him, like, you want to take over you want to wait for backup? You know, I had his wrist. Say he wasn't going nowhere. So he wanted me to get off of this back. And he's like a big fat guy. And I'm like, listen, like there's going to be like a little, but I let him go. He might reach for my nuts. You never know. I'm telling him you want to get involved here. So, I mean, the guy started getting a little bit of an attitude with me. So I got up and, and then, you know, the video stopped, but the other security guys were good. But the second I, the guy, I got up and I got up, he went from, him saying uh, he's going to F me up to, I'm pressing charges. And that's really why I wanted the video. Right. So, because you'll see him, I'm pressing charges. I'm a chairman. <laughs> I don't know what the F that is. I think he's um, like a gambler or something. But the guy, you know, so 
you know, then it would have been uh, his word versus mine. And so it's good to have that stuff documented. Like, you know oh, what I mean? 100%. Yeah. Especially, especially when you're a black viral. belt. <laughs> I said to the Dana White and uh, he put it on his Instagram and, and, you know, it was just too funny, man. And again, it's a great advertisement for jiu-jitsu because you don't have to be a black belt to do that. You could do that with a year, a less than a year's training. I, it's just the facts. Here's I a question. People, I, taught this, I taught this morning at 7 a.m. I live this stuff. You know, I love to empower the weak. Because if somebody had the nuts, excuse me, part of my French, to start with me in front of my wife and kids, they're going to start with a less intimidating guy. Right. You know, so. Right. But here's a question for you. If, if that guy would have say, and he was drunk, so you, somebody like you, no problem. You, you, you've done it professionally. You're one of the best at it. But what if he was a trained MMA fighter, drunk? Like say, like Mike, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the what's the fighter's name? Mike Perry. Perry. Mike Perry. He, he, like he is a wild yeah. one, man. And he and he yeah, he knocked Mike an Perry, old guy. I, yeah, but that old guy did go after him. I'm not. Don't, I'm not. Yeah. Like, they had words. Mm. Listen, I saw that guy come after me. You could say, oh, you could just do what I did. Don't ask, don't act like, don't be that guy. Because Barry was on his way out. He wanted to wait for the cops. I'm not trying, listen, I'm yeah, not but, a boy. But all, I'm not my his, cousin Vinny, his girlfriend but I will saying, say this. I'm not attacking him either. Yeah, I'm just saying, I've, I've had my I own understand, but problem just, with but confrontations. Usually with martial arts, drunk or not, they're not going to be doing what that guy did to that waiter. You understand? They're not, that guy, that's a disrespectful guy who... who like a but I'm not like talking I, about usually. usually. I'm just saying stop. hypothetically, if he would would have been, what happens if he if he if he would have been a a technically advanced Brazilian mm-hmm. Jiu-Jitsu guy, would it have been that easy? That's on the question I'm asking. Would it be that easy if he's a technically advanced Jiu-Jitsu guy? I doubt it. A technically advanced Jiu-Jitsu guy is different than an MMA fighter now. Now you're because. A jiu-jitsu guy's been tapped a thousand times, and he's not only tapping people a thousand times. So that when it comes with that, is I want you to point out on some jiu-jitsu guys that are total douche, douchebags, jerkos. Tell me, well, I don't see, I don't see a lot. Well, you, I don't know, I don't know enough. You become of humble. But listen, Marty, right? You're saying somebody trained doing that. I'll, I'll, this is your, this is my answer for that. Okay, now I'm dealing with a trained idiot. I'd rather be a trained good guy, and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that trained idiot. You know what I mean? I'm, you know what I mean? So, oh, what's what's worse? I'm not going to be trained, and now I got to be at his mercy. If you know what I mean, if I'm, no, no, I'm not saying you should be trained, somebody, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm with you on the training. You know, I, I'm a yeah. fan of the. Yeah, but you're saying could it be that easy? Obviously not. But this guy was a drunk white belt looking for trouble. Most guys that start trouble like that aren't going to be trained guys because they're going to become more humble. They they're going to be getting beatings where unless they're in like a Cobra Kai like. Well, actually, Cobra Kai's good guys now. If you watch that Netflix show, it's so <laughs> <Yeah>. good. Anyway, <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You know, but uh, you know, unless they come, listen, listen, listen. Guys who train with me, I like to empower people. You don't choose when a problem is going to find you. You just don't choose it. So it's your it's your job to be either you know able to handle yourself or not. You know, I I it's like having a superpower. I'm not even exaggerating. What I'm saying is, I've been in, I've been in, I've been in bar fights and whatnot. Okay, I'm not exempt from that. I'm not a fighter like you, as far as that goes. Not trained. Used to box growing up, but I've been in fights in bars with people 
So to sit here, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, just because you train MMA, you're you're not going to be an idiot in a bar. I've seen it. I've fought with these people. So I know that there are people out yeah. there that train MMA and they're, they're, they think they're the baddest man on the planet. But anyway, that yeah, wasn't what well, I was talking about they'll anyway. Get what's coming. They'll get what's coming to them then, you know. Some of them did by, by untrained people. <laughs> My yeah. point is, they, they 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 weren't people like you, of course. You know, they were just guys that trained yeah. and had, had some fights professionally, and yeah. they thought they were tough guys. So, but more reason to train because there's going to be always assholes out there, Marty Ray. Oh yeah, well you, you know, so you definitely inspired to me to uh, just after seeing that clip, I was like, I need to start on getting into this Brazilian jiu-jitsu and stuff. But you didn't. You don't just do Brazilian. You do wrestling. You're a wrestler as well, right? No, no. I, I wrestled like a. I, I didn't get along with the coaches too much when I was younger. So I did a season in like a half. Like I did like seventh grade and a little bit of eighth grade. And I just. I was it. I didn't click well with the coaches. Oh, okay. That? I thought you had a little more wrestling than that. No, you know. Then after that, I developed it. I was doing like a lot of like. I was a very good athlete, so I pick up things. Like, I did a lot of on-the-job training. Like, I, I went to jiu-jitsu. I was never aware. Like, I did a tough man contest at 18 years old at the Palladium in Manhattan with Mr. T as the referee. If you know who <laughs> Mr. T is, I'm sure you do. Of course. Do. Oh, yeah. And uh, I knocked out two guys. I lost the, the, the final match by uh, a whatever, a decision. I, was, I got cast out. Worst concussion ever. But I, I knew I had heavy hands. Busted my jaw. Even with this, maybe my bad mic on my phone, listen to this. God That's my jaw. That. Uh, that happened from that tough man. I wasn't broken because it was misaligned. Like mm -hmm. I went to bite my teeth right away. I was like, this has to be broken. But I think it was just, I don't know. It's, it, it was whacked. But uh, worst concussion I ever had in my whole career ever fighting was that tough man contest. But anyway, the point was uh, I, uh, I knew I had power in my hands. So, you know, I had that going for me. You know, but it's so weird with, with, with my journey because that's how I started off as a tough kid like that. And then I developed the jiu-jitsu philosophy because back in the day, it was more of try to get to A to B without exchanging. Because when you exchange, it's, you don't know, it's, it, you know, you can still get caught. So it kind of be the jiu-jitsu philosophy was close the distance, get the fight to the floor, finish. Don't exchange. Don't ever exchange. You know what I mean? And then eventually I had to lose that philosophy. Because in MMA, it just wasn't going to carry its weight. Because in the beginning, it was more of a style over style. Now, everybody knows jiu-jitsu. You can't stay on the floor too long. Guys are better wrestlers. Now you might not be able to get it down. If I fought like I fought my very first debut in the UFC, or my first how many fights where I relied primarily on my jiu-jitsu and never really developed my hands, I never would have won a title. I would have had tougher fights with guys I ended up knocking out, like Frank Trigg, who was good at neutralizing jiu-jitsu and Beating guys up, it would have been a, more of a, you know, he's good at, you know, I, I ended up taking him out on my feet. and I laid out Caro, but he survived it. And, and that's another fight that really gave me a lot of experience. But, you know, so anyway, I'm blessed to have some power in, on the hands. Were and you, I had to change my philosophy. Were you, was your, was your game plan to knock out George St. Pierre or were you trying to take him to the ground? Because he's amazing. On I the was ground. not, no, I, I was not trying to take him to the ground at all. Yeah, was your I game was, plan? Uh, I, my, my, my game plan was to keep it standing, to go for it standing. If, if, you know, a takedown or something presented itself but was right there, like an inside trip or, 
me knocking him down. I'll follow him down. Don't get me wrong. This is this is the philosophy with that. I knew I had power standing. I might have relied one time in a fight. That was my Calabrese, but that was for other reasons. It wasn't because I wanted to fight him standing, but before I even signed that paper, I had a little meniscus thing where when I went to do my takedowns and my feet-to-floor sparring or shoot box, whatever you want to call it, but it's basically mimicking the fight where striking the takedowns, I, I had problems with, with my left knee. So I just kept it. We did a lot of boxing, and, and, high, and, and it ended up leading to good things in the future. So even though it sucked for that fight because I ended up getting tired when it hit the floor, I almost laid him out, and I developed, I turned a corner with my stand-up. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of had me working with different people. And, uh, I, and for my very first time since that, because then on, back on the Ultimate Fighter, I relied by back, up, back on my jiu-jitsu and my grappling. So, you know, for that fight with GSP, everybody thought I was going to try to get it to the floor, including George, because that would have been the smart bet, because that's, you know, 99% of the time, that's the way I fought, you know? Uh, but I knew with Ray, we planned on keeping it standing, because I knew I was hurting guys with 16-ounce gloves. We knew it from sparring. And Ray, and it was good that this fight got pushed back also, because he got, he got injured or something, so it got pushed back six another three months. So it was like six months of seeing all the stuff that he was doing in his fights. So I remembered it was it, when I was sparring him, it was because Ray had him, at one point, it was funny, there was a sequence where I'm walking at him, he did a low kick, did a high kick, then a low kick. So I, I just lifted my knee, I blocked it, I caught it, I came back. And it was just, it was just reactionary. Like it was a reaction, you know? And it was, I was just in the moment, almost like a good sparring session, you know? That's what it felt like. And I guess he kept thinking that I was going to shoot. So that I had that in favor also. The element of surprise and the fact that I actually knew what I was doing up there, you know, thanks to Ray Longo. Right. Now in the middle of our show, or this ain't really the middle, but in, in in we have a segment called "What Not to Eat," and we want to do that with you now. Is that cool? Yeah, sure. You ready? Yeah. All right, play yes. that thing. You might have eaten a few things in your lifetime. I know Chris and Marty sure have, but these are things they would never eat. This is what not to eat. Ew. <laughs> Mine is uh, you mentioned Cobra Kai earlier. My what not to eat. Now, these are things that are really eaten in other countries, Matt. This is a okay. a cobra's beating heart. It's eaten in countries like Vietnam by men to improve their virility. <coughs> That's what you got to have to get on Matt Sarah's level, I believe, is the what they're saying here. <laughs> you rip the heart right out of the cobra and dig in. Would you eat that? Right. I mean, I ate chicken hearts before at Look the at old BBQs. You see that? What am I looking at? Oh, that, that, that little thing? That's yeah. a little too big, I guess, because that looks a little gross. That's <laughs> yeah. a heart of a cobra? That's the heart of a cobra right there. Uh, that, that looks like if you if you ripped out Jimmy Norton's heart. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, Jim Norton just ah, I see. Ah, how'd you get Jimmy's heart? Jim. <laughs> I love my Jimmy. All right, go ahead. What you got, Chris? All right, that's gross. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't okay. eat that. Okay, so here we got a... Uh, this is coming to you from korea it's called sanaki it's a raw dish that consists of live octopuses 
with sesame and sesame oil. I would need it. I would need it. Sorry. You, it looks no, I'm sorry, with sesame. It, it looks safe. What are you going to change my mind? Could you throw sesame yeah. on it? Well, wait, it's my change your not mind right here because it says it looks safe, but the little tentacles may choke you to death if they get stuck in your throat. So it's choking you it out knows, while you're eating a, it. It knows you yeah. Well, listen, I know why I know I wouldn't like that because I don't eat seafood. Do I don't eat seafood. At all? No, nothing, nothing from the sea. Really? What about the lake? Yeah. <laughs> what about the lake? Nothing from any kind of water. No fish. Are you kidding me, Matt? <laughs> I wouldn't lie to you, Marty Ray. No salmon. I'll throw that on the floor with the cauliflower. With that body. <laughs> and I'll go get a cauliflower pizza. I got to make you some uh, salmon pizza. You do that, you know where that's going. <laughs> um, You were. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Not on my, not my stomach. Go ahead. <sighs> you were talking about uh, Henzo Gracie earlier and um, you were actually the first American to train under Enzo, right? Well, I'm the first American to get the the black belt in jiu-jitsu. But you're not the first one to train under him? Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was, I'm sure he, I I mean, when he came over, I was one of his first students in his first batch of students when he came over in like 96. I was there. And then so there was a bunch of Americans. Yeah, but I'm the first American to get a black belt under him. Right, right. I see. Um, Very proud of that. You, this 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 always shocked me, and I brought this up on the Young Filtered as well. You started with Wing Chun, right? Yes, yes. Now, have you seen those videos of those Wing Chun masters fighting actual fighters and getting just destroyed? Yeah, I said that. I said that on the show too. If you ever see two Wing Chun fighters, it's not going to be like a Yip Man movie. It's going to be. Starting off with like a, a circular type punch, and then just they thought like doing the worst jujitsu match ever, and it's just horrendous. Wing Chun, if you want to record, listen. When my oldest was eleven years old, I do some like uh, combat drills, sticky hand drills. It's fun. It's trapping range. You could use it to help entry into grappling range, but for a sole self defense system, not good. How long? How long before you abandoned? the Wing Chun and started doing something else? Uh, you know, I got into, my father introduced me to like the tapes of these, the Gracie family, which is crazy in action. And I got those VHS tapes back in maybe 1990, 1990 or 1991, something like that. And it was just back then it was style versus style because it was before mixed martial arts. So that's what really got my peak, my interest. And then I uh, took a class eventually in 1992 and uh, Horian Gracie and Hoist Gracie were doing something in Waterbury, Connecticut, a seminar before the first UFC, like a year before. And I learned from them in that seminar and I knew that that's what I wanted to do. You know? Now on a... One of my favorite shows right now is Looking for a Fight. Yes, or Looking Forward to a Fight also. And you... That's what I would... Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You... I think, matter of fact, I think that might be how you how we got started talking was y'all came to Memphis for an episode a long time ago, and I lived in Memphis at the time, and uh, I mentioned what that. It was. Yeah, but yeah, one of my favorite moments of the show. See if you remember this. There was a guy. Y'all were standing on a street somewhere. I don't remember what city, but there was a guy that walks by, and he's he's giving y'all the stink eye, and you go something. I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm. I'm you said something like, 
Listen, buddy, you find an easier fight two blocks over if you're looking for a fight. Yeah, there's a, there's a safer <laughs> fight on the next block. That's yeah, the easier fight on the next block. Yeah, I, well, I mean, that, that was just odd that that guy wanted to. He was like some kind of look like homeless type guy. He looked in shape though, and yeah. he and he uh, and he just he was he just was mad dog at me as he was walking by, and he started talking some trash. And I'm like, how does this happen? I was like, I was standing there with these Thomas. I go, how does this happen? You know, it's so funny. But when you know, listen. The biggest thing that people pick up from you, I feel, except for that drunk where I had to do something, was when you know how to handle yourself. I think, I think they get that vibe from you. Like, all right, there might literally be, and when I, there might really be an easier fight elsewhere, you know? Because right. people, they don't like resistance bullies, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy might have just been a nut, though. He looked crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, you know? But uh, listen, I said, it, I said it on that one episode, like the John. Like the John McClane from the Die Hard series, how this stuff just finds him. Right. That's how it's like me with MMA. I'm like the John McClane of MMA. I kind of think it's just, but I mean, listen, there's times I think, you know, you should speak up and more people should when there's things being wrong. Maybe that's just my love of comic books. Yeah. That, that instilled that in me. You're a real life superhero. You are to well, me. Well, you know, with these, with these headphones on, it's like, you know. Those headphones take it over the today. top. Those headphones don't, you know don't what? take they, the superhero they, out of I you, think buddy. They took a, yeah, listen, I, like I said, it's hard to lose a man card when you kick some ass in a cage, but I'm on my way there with these headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of yeah, looking looking for a fight, though, real quick, I forgot. I think I mentioned this as well on the UFC Unfiltered, but I don't remember the answer. What happened with uh, Nick the Tooth? Yeah, no, there was like a, you know, that was a few years ago and uh he kind of like had a falling out where you know he's he was kind of not that easy to deal with like if like it was always fun when we filmed but then after the fact i think he would i don't think some guys are used to like the like people like commenting on things and and not maybe secure enough with how they're portrayed or thinking they're portrayed weird or he didn't like the way he was portrayed on the show, but we were just, I don't know. That's how he was acting. I don't know. He's, it's a very reality based type of thing. He seemed like he got on your nerves. Set up Cause we had, we had to have a, it was weird. It was weird with tooth. Cause I always liked him when we hung out, but then afterwards I was like, dude, what is he? He like, you know, for instance, like he wanted to like do a grappling match. Like he had to roll with me. He kept like, he kept throwing that in these personal interviews where when you talk to the camera and I remember he was like, you know, oh, Matt makes me look good. And, you know, he's like, he kind of, and I felt he was playing it up, but it wasn't very respectful when he's like, you know, it's one thing if he wants to make jokes where it's like, ah, you know, he's always late, he's bald. And uh, all we got to do now is settle the grappling, you know? And now when he threw that out there, I'm like, what is he, like, is, could he really be serious about grappling? I'll murder him, <laughs> grappling. But you know what's funny? I, I thought about it. And, you know, I I can get, right now, I'm a little bit better shape because of the cauliflower pizza. But I was like, I was like almost 30 pounds heavier. So I mean, when we first started shooting that series, I was a little more meatballish, you know? So I think maybe he saw, like, he was doing a lot of jujitsu over on the West Coast and doing a lot of tournaments in the old demand division and doing well and he's in shape. So I don't know, maybe he thought he could make a name if I wasn't in shape and maybe grapple with me. I don't know what he was thinking. But we ended up grappling and, and obviously I just played with him. So he didn't want that to be shown afterwards. So I go, hey, look, let me tell you something. If anybody's got something to lose, what if I would have slipped and you barrel bowled me and took my back? Or, I mean, I, 
who's got something to lose with rolling with it? I mean, I did it to, to you know, because you called me out, and now you don't want to show him because it didn't go your way? I don't think so, pal. So that was the beginning of the end because he felt he was getting set up. And then he started saying we all got we all got stunned with the stun gun in Vegas. I don't know if you've seen that one. I've seen them all. Where we all held Except hands. For the newest one, yeah, huh? we all got. Yeah, there's one where we had to get stunned to feel a stun gun. It was pretty brutal. But he's the only one who was like, ah, please make it stop. It was funny. So, again, he thought he was the only guy to get stunned. Me were all getting shocked. So, I don't know. Listen, it was odd stuff like that. But it was a while ago. I don't wish him any ill will. I think that, uh, you know, I, I saw he came out with a jiu-jitsu instructional. So, I think he's doing well. He's winning tournaments and stuff. So, good for him. And uh, I'm so happy that we get to work with Dean Thomas now. Yeah. Dean's cool. Yeah. He's, Dean's a great guy. And, uh, and he's funny, you, and we get along well. Your gym that you have now, you have your own fighters yes. at this point, right? Well, yeah, me, myself and Ray Longo got our little team here. Um, and, uh, you know, we got, like, just a handful of guys from, from here in Long Island. Ally Quinta. That we love. And Ally Quinta, Marab, who I'm going to really pronounce the name better. Del, Del, I, I, I always kill it. But I, I, he goes, it's almost like Madonna. It's almost like... Marab, you understand? It's like what Prince Marab. Anyway, yeah, I love little Georgian kid. Tough as hell. Um, he's fighting on the, the December fifth, a week before Aljo. Aljamain Sterling fighting Pedion for the title. Chris Weidman. Are uh, you said Raging Al? Uh, you know, I mean, listen, the list goes on and on. Up and coming coming up. It's just uh, Dennis Bazooka just put on the uh, Contender series, and we got other guys coming up that are looking phenomenal. But listen, these are all guys that we know and love. It's not like that's my main business. We just corner them because we like these guys and they train with us and under us. And, you know. You like coaching that, that, You like coaching better than fighting? I, I listen, jiu-jitsu and teaching has been a part of my, and I love the fight game, obviously. But like, like, like I said, like this morning, I just, I was teaching at 7 a.m. I taught like a class. So it's like, I, I took people every like people that if you were here you'd be in that class. There was like just a handful like, like so in other words like I like you know what I like more than anything empowering people. I put anybody in that same situation as me in that cafe in Vegas in front of my family, and I feel that I, if I can empower any one of them to do exactly what I did there, that's great. I, that's more important to me than getting another world champion. Someday, that, and don't get me wrong, I. I you know, that doesn't suck either. I, I, I love Aljo. That's, that's you know, but I, I want for them to achieve that for themselves. But for me personally, and I love being a part of that, and I'd be, and I'm, but uh, empowering everyday people to be able to defend themselves and, and uh, you know, again, their family or put them in that position where they could be embarrassed in front of their family. Then they're, they're, they're defusing a situation that somebody can get hurt. And nobody gets hurt. The power of jujitsu. I love that more than anything. Marty Ray, I got like four, three minutes. I got to take my kid to dance. Well, this <laughs> so is the last question. And, so, then I'm, and I'm going to give it back to headphones. Go ahead. Yeah, this is the last question. What, what what fighter was there that you just did not get along with? You could not Matt get Hughes. along with. Who? Matt Hughes? Matt Hughes. Matt Hughes, yeah. Yes. A legend, the only man. one. He, he was hard to deal does, with? Does, does, no, not just different type of guys. He's just cocky, huh? Don't get along. Nah, I'm not a big fan. I never was. You know, he. I don't. You know, uh, 
you know, that that's a whole other thing. You know, I know he's been through hard times and stuff, so I'm not going to kick a guy if he's down or up or whatever way he is. I, I wish him well. But you asked why. I, I get a lot. I'll tell you right now, I can't think of another fighter that I fought that I don't get along with. You know? Yeah, right. I heard that about him a lot, though. Yeah. He, he was, he was uh, I think he was very, very cocky, but he, he was very good. He was one of the best. Um, uh, anyway, no, for sure. We end every show with an unbelievable fact, and we're going to give that to you now. You ready? Sure. You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. Dueling. You know what dueling is, Matt? Now, is that with the, is it with the guns? With the, with no, the, with, take the, how many steps? Well, yeah, dueling oh, with the guns. Dueling oh, with I the guns. Okay. Either way, with the guns or the or the swords. Well, that's two different. Wait, hold on. It's a couple <laughs> different. Wait, wait, what's the what's the fact? Wait a minute. Is it not called dueling with the swords, too? Or is it just the guns? Yeah, that's dueling 100%. But I think sometimes uh, it might be, uh, no, definitely with swords. A but duel I mean, with I guns is, they, is a duel as well. When yeah. they take the 10 steps and they turn around, I, I don't know why I thought that. But Except you're ahead. talking to a redneck right now, and I, my my mind went to banjos. <laughs> I'm like, we do little that, banjos. That is so great. Here's the fact. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> dueling. Go ahead. Dueling is legal in Paraguay as long as both fighters are blood donors. What? Yep. Really? We'd have to really get the we'd have to get the definition clear of what dueling they're talking about. Ben, look up dueling real quick. I don't want Matt to leave this interview <laughs> not knowing what dueling is in case he wants to go to Paraguay and duel somebody. Well, I mean, I, I mean, dueling I would think would be the sword thing, but I thought it was just I'm both. I thought it was just both. Man, because I know that they call you, you, you when you when you duel well, somebody. Marty Ray, as he's looking that up for the your listeners, then you can check me out. Dana, Dana White looking for a fight is on uh, on YouTube. It's so much fun. We have fun. It's great. And also the uh, you know Matt Sarah BJJ is my Instagram. UFC Unfiltered is the podcast I do with my little Jim Norton. And your Matt Sarah everywhere. He looked up the definition yeah, before you go. He looked up the definition. Dueling is two people battling each other with weapons, period. No matter what it is. No matter what the weapon is. So, in other words, we, we really don't know what dueling is for that country or whatever we just talked about. Because, I mean, I'm sure it's something. It can't be. It's, I, I, out of all the facts you had to throw at us, You're it's away. this, Marty Ray. Paraguay, baby. Let's I'm go to Paraguay and watch somebody around. duel. I'm still at Banjo. Hey, guys. Listen. Thanks so much. <laughs> For having me. Thank you for being and, on here. Uh, I love you to death. Thank I'm you so much, man. Thank forever. you so much. Get the freak out of here. Thanks, Thank you, guys. Darling. We're gonna have pizza I, soon. I'm sorry about the uh, the tech problems in the beginning. <laughs> no, okay. no, that's, that's on us. And, and again, for your audience that's not listening to this but watching this, mm -hmm. I apologize for the headphones. Oh, they're beautiful. I did not, this is so unman, so unmanly. You're starting a, a yeah. trend. Hashtag still dangerous, guys. <laughs> thanks for having me. God bless you, brother. See you, Matt. Later, guys. Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it. <laughs>